You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> Sorry if I shocked you with that intro. Episode 213 of the Black Eagles podcast. And I am your host, Sinan Schwarting, live from New York City. And uh, yeah, unseasonably warm weather. Um, last couple days, we've had pretty decent, almost fall or not quite spring-like weather yet, but certainly it's been going pretty well. Apologies for that phone sound. Again, I I literally had my phone on sound since the last episode and just turned that off to annoy you all. With, uh, But I am, in fact, back to talk Besiktas, and you know we've got some fun things to discuss this week, starting, naturally, with a match. And probably just about ending there, too, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, we're play- we're, we, we played Fatih Karagumruk on the road in a way match, a kind of quote-unquote derby, even, if you will. Um, you know, that might have caveats, right? Whether or not it's a, an actual... I mean, it is technically a derby as far as two Istanbul sides, but it doesn't carry much weight, I guess we could say, right? Fatih Karagumruk is a side we have not played a ton. Uh, my app only has this and last season's matches recorded, for example, so I won't be able to give you much in the way of a head-to-head. But, um, you know, Fatih Karagumruk is a side that I think last season turned a lot of heads, uh, earned some attention at least, right? Had a pretty decent outing. This year they started out hot. They've somewhat cooled down, I'm not going to lie. Definitely, you know, kind of decidedly mid-table. At this point, right, and I don't, I don't want to spoil. I'll get into the table at the end of the episode, but you know, I still like better than a side that was recently promoted. But you know, given what they did last year, I think many would have assumed they might make progress. That's not quite happened. So, you know, mixed bag for Fatih Karagumruk. Now let's quickly talk. I, I didn't give any preview for them last episode. So I will get into their form a bit. And it's worth noting that their form was not bad coming into this match. Five matches ago, or five matches prior, they had drawn Fenerbahce at home, one-to-one. But again, it's worth noting they're at home against us this episode, this match. Uh, after that, they followed that up with an road draw, but against Alanyaspor, a side that's also overperformed. Um, also, I guess, maybe even more... Clearly overperformed relative to Fatih Karagumruk, right? Alanya has sort of stayed in the top five all season, just about. So a good draw for them there. Then in the Turkish Cup against Belediyesi Bodrumspor, a big four to nil victory. I mean, what are you going to say? A cup match against a low-level side. 
But they followed that up with a disappointing outing against Gaziantep. Gaziantep beat them 3-1. Granted, it was in Gaziantep on, on the eastern side of Turkey. Uh, and, and, you know, a notably tough road trip. And I, I had mentioned prior to our match that Gaziantep was in really good form um, going into that one. And so that was the match that led into that. But Safati Karagumruk fouled it up with a solid 2-0 victory against Rizespor coming into our match. Now quickly I'll talk about the head-to-head between the two sides. I mentioned that my apple only goes as far as last season, but it's worth noting. So last year we crushed Fati Karagumruk 1-4 on the road. Um, but they followed up, followed that up by surprising us and getting a 1-2 victory against us at Vodafone Park late in the season for us last year, as you may or may not recall, putting us into panic mode a little bit right before we won the title. They were very happy to nick that victory from under our um, crown-aspiring hands. Um, but so, yeah, they... I think a lot of our fans took that negatively, didn't like the way that they were so happy to, to sort of prevent us from winning the title, right? In favor of who was the question? I mean, you could make the argument in favor of just them getting a W against a good side, but whatever. A little classless. I think we all, I mean, we were all quite stressed too, to be fair. But so we followed that up coming into this season. We played them already, let's remember. Uh, and we beat them, one to nil at home. Um, Rashid Ghazal scoring, sorry, no, uh, Alex Teixeira, rather, scoring the only goal of the match. And, yeah, that was a nice goal, too, from distance, right? Kind of a looper. Um, that we all thought that was the beginning of good things to come for the squad this season. So, uh, you know, one of few good memories from, from this part of the, the this, this year's Sergan Yalcin experience this season i guess we should say because he technically won last year or same year ah whatever i'm getting all mixed up here you guys know what i'm saying point being uh we have sort of a storied rivalry with these guys now at this point just given the extent to which they were a pain in our butt last year um and the the fact that they've shown the ability to, to mix things up sort of that one victory was the only one be fair uh, and they had two losses against us coming into this match so let's talk about it I'm, I'm, I'm losing the plot here right <laughs> uh, let's talk about the lineups right so for Besiktas Ersin Destanolu in the goal Domagoj Vida and Nejip Uysal on the back line Valentin Rosier and Ridvan Yilmaz on the wings of our defense Miralem Pjanic and Joseph de Souza in the back of our midfield with Ozan Ozyakov in the lineup. Rashid Ghazal and Kyle Laren on the wings with Nishi Batshuayi up front. Not much in the way of surprise except perhaps seeing Ozan in the lineup. Emirhan was being rested. There was talk of a minor injury. Um, manager said he actually may have recovered in time, but just he wanted to make sure he wasn't getting rushed back onto the pitch. Fair enough, right? We've seen um, Sergen make the wrong call in that regard with a number of guys, name, name, especially, boy, struggling with the language here today, but especially Alex Teixeira, who he rushed back twice. <laughs> At least, you know, that's how it appears to have worked out in the end. So, anyway, with that said, not 
a ton of change in the lineup. For Fatih Karagumru, seasoned Italian keeper, 36-year-old Emiliano Viviano, playing in the goal for Fatih Karagumru. In front of Burak Bekarolu, 24-year-old Turk, next to Jure Balkovic, 27-year-old Slovenian. On their wings, Janer Erkin, who's already 33, but still sometimes the first call-up to the national side somehow. Sali Dursun, 30-year-old Turk, on, on the, in their defense. A bit of a petulant dude, if we're going to be honest. Dirty fouls, loud to the ref, you know, everything you hate in a player. <laughs> Unless he's on your team, perhaps. Um, Christian Bistrovic, 23-year-old Croatian, would feature in their midfield next to Adnan Ugur, 20-year-old Belgian Turk. Maybe he'll be a Turk Turk, uh, at least footballing-wise. Up in front of them, Jimmy Durmaz, 32-year-old Swede, I guess we could say. Turkish, Swede Turk. Turk Swede. <laughs> um, on their wings, Jan Karamo, 23-year-old Frenchman. And Emre Moore, 24-year-old Turk. It's hard to believe he's only 24, um, given the extent to which his career has already seemingly flopped. Maybe that's hard. Right, and then up top, Fabio Borini, a 30-year-old Italian. Hard to believe he's only 30. He's had such a storied career up till now, and, and having already opted to play for Fatih Karagumbrek, you'd assume he was much more past it, but so interesting. Uh, so there it is. That's your, your lineup for both sides. Um, yeah, let's, I suppose, just dig right into this match, shall we? So, first of all, the action was pretty hot and heavy early on, uh, and much of it in Besiktas' favor. Uh, very first minute, in fact, Joseph finds Laren really well out on the wing. Kyle Laren seems to do a pretty good job, actually, of crossing the ball in. It finds Mishiba Chuai's head. Uh, he heads it well, but Viviano does quite well to make a, a nice save. Again, one of those, like, Mishiba Chuai almost scoring in the first minute of the game, not quite pulling it off type deals. It was called offside because Kyle Laren was off. Something of a theme for this match, honestly. Uh, but yeah, in those first maybe 30, 35 minutes, not much in the way of highlights, to be honest. Um, but very good football from Besiktas, right? We're pressing. We are um, doing lots of good build-up. The finishing, the, the final touch, right? The finishing product, the, uh, the attack was impotent yet again. Um, no, not even really any shots. You know, we, we did such a good job of controlling the pace of the game, recovering well, getting the ball back, pushing it forward, um, lots of fluid passing up until that, like, last, you know, third of the pitch or whatever it is, quarter of the pitch at least, where we just didn't quite know how to put things together. Perhaps they were defending in numbers in the back, but uh, Besiktas was quite dominant. It was a good stretch of play regardless, even without the goals or the even with the impotence. Um, because it was like dominant to, to the extent that they weren't even getting enough of the ball to do anything clever with the counter. We were really quick and decisive uh, in attack and defensively. Would you like to see? Um, 34th minute, 
Pjanic would send a shot from distance, uh, which would actually end up being a relatively easy save. But it was a pretty solid shot nonetheless. Uh, and there it was, the, finally, the, the, the attack coming to fruition. We get an, att an attempt on goal. And it would signal good things, right? 36th minute, a handball in the box, a penalty kick awarded. Bachuai steps up, sends it to the right confidently. Goal, one to nil. Um, he runs to the sideline and gives Gokan Ture a big hug, which I had thought it was Under uh, Caravelli because they have a notoriously good relationship somehow. But uh, no, it was actually Gokan Ture. Don't know what that's about. Um, people are theorizing in my group chat that uh, Gokan Ture has always gotten a well, gotten along really well, rather with um, a number of foreigners historically, Quaresma, Dembaba. Um, I know he's part of the, the crew with Ozan and all that, like Nejip, right? The, uh, the kind of OG Besiktas boys, although they're not technically uh, a product of the team or anything, to the extent Nejip is. But um, So yeah, I guess he's sort of a social butterfly, what can you say? Uh, Mishibashuai really appreciated his you know, support on the sidelines or whatever it was, but yeah, big hug. Kind of almost delaying the game a little. And that would be it for the first half. We go in with a lead. Nil to one on the road. Uh, aside, we've only won once this season on the road coming into this match. So, oh, God, it, it, with that, like, A, we could be on course for a correction, you hope. But on the other hand, you can't look at a one-nil lead at the half and think we're safe, right? Because just given that track record. Um, at the half, Levent Merjan would enter for Adnan Ur, and Vato Arveladze would enter for Jan Karamo. Uh, although that Karamo sub would not be until the 58th minute. And before then, uh, 47th minute, Bachuai with a nice ball up to Kyle Laren. Um, he sends it wide, almost one-on-one, -on -one, honestly, just given, I mean, a, a bit of an angle in truth, but he should have done better. He could have scored here. Uh, and he misses just wide, but too bad. He's sort of the missing link as far as recreating successes of last year. I saw uh, a stat that um, Abubakar contributed to 14 goals, 12 himself, 2 assists. Uh, Bachuay already has 9 and 4. So, um, you know, as much as we know we're impotent in attack and we want to think that the striker would be the issue. That's not necessarily the case in this scenario. I think it's actually the other things that were clicking that have not quite clicked for us this year, and especially Kyle Aaron, who was like damn near a 20-goal scorer for us. So we obviously need to replace that somehow. I think a lot of us might have hoped it would be Alex Teixeira. Um, obviously, or Bachuay might contribute a little more than Abubakar. I mean, he's still on track to do that very much so, but, you know, we'll see. Anyway, uh, just wide from Kyle Aaron. 52nd minute, Karamo would really get the first chance on for Pati Karagumbruk. Uh, it would be a really nice, sort of, he'd slide back past our defense just a bit too enthusiastically. He would be called off sides in the end, but he did force Erson to make a pretty solid save, diving. And that would be, so in the 52nd minute, their first real highlight of the match, which is also good for us, you know, in the big picture. But so anyway, then you have the sub, uh, where Karamo comes off for Arveladze. Um, in the 54th minute, actually I lied, there was one more chance 
uh, in the 54th, right after the Karamo one, where Bachuai. Um, from distance, does really well to force Viviano into a saving from on a, on a diving one. Uh, then the sub for the Karamo, Arvaladze one. Then, again, Bachuai taking a shot from dis distance. This time, he sends it just a bit wide. But so Bachuai is just chomping at the bit, man. He really wants a goal, or another goal in this case. Um, obviously, he scored a lot on penalties, so it's not like his favorite thing, right? Uh, he wants to do more. I mean, he had a nice one the other, the, the other match, but again, a penalty goal for him in this one, but whatever. It is what it is. Uh, more action, 62nd minute. Again, finally, a chance for Fati Karagomruk. This time, Bistrovic putting it on. An easy save for Ersin, but intent, right? They're starting to, to, to wake up a little here. 68th minute, Emre Moore. Now, this is real action. He sends in a solid shot with power, uh, and it would be saved, a diving save by uh, Ersin, but Emremo was called offside. So, grain of salt, I guess you could say. And then, um, that would be it for a little bit of time, at least as far as action of note. John Bozdoan would, would enter the match for Ozan in the 70th minute. 73rd, Mishi Bachuai, a yellow card. 76th, Alexander Pesic comes into the match for Jimmy Durmaz. 77th, Sally Dursun finally gets a yellow card after a number of clumsy, harsh tackles. A very deserved yellow card. Um, 79th, Besiktas finally makes a few subs. Gokhan Tore comes in for Kyle Laren, much needed. Guven Yaltin comes on for Rashid Gizal, uh, less needed, but you know, you gotta keep your guys fresh, I suppose. Um, and then, action again, a free kick from Bistrovic, forcing a diving save by Ersin. Solid work there from Ersin yet again. At this point, he's very much keeping us ahead. Um, they've had a number of opportunities to score, and he's held, held up, right? I mean, only a couple really solid chances, and like the, one of the most dangerous was one that was called offsides, but... Uh, whatever. 86th minute, a volley from Borini would sort of dribble to Ersin. An easy save in that case, but a good chance wasted. Uh, and they're now at this point taking control of the match, trying to get that equalizer, and we're just sort of bending and not breaking, you know, hopefully. 89th minute, Alex Teixeira enters the match. Dun, da, da, da. Finally, a return. Uh, he comes on for Mishi Bachuai, so he would play up front. Sali Uchan also making a surprise return in for Miralem Pjanic. Again, keeping the legs fresh. Guys who are sort of slagging a little bit in a time when we need everyone to be giving maximal effort. So you bring in some guys who are hungry to prove they belong in there. I get, I get it. Uh, 90th minute, Alparslan Erdem enters the match for Janer Erkin. And David Birashi enters the match for Sali Dursun. Um, you know, all around, I would say, interesting <sighs> subs made late for both sides that signal intent of various, you know, of differing logic, right? Because we had differing issues to deal with coming into it. But, uh, yeah, I I'd never heard of this David Birashi, 27-year-old Italian. I think he's on loan from Bologna or something, but 
yeah, you know, Fatih Karagumra keeps surprising. Um, also of note, Fatih Karagumruk has Tunai Torun, a guy who a lot of us thought would turn into something like a, a decade ago. Um, just like lounging deep in their bench. So it's interesting how much Turkish football has provided these, in some ways, developments regarding, you know, like having talent that you think would be starting for like mid table sides on their bench, right? The, the league's gotten deeper talent-wise because of the, the, the foreign limitation being restricted. The league has gotten far. There's so much more parity now. It's never assumed that Besiktas, Fener, and Galatasaray will all win on a, any given match day, uh, or if any of them will win uh, these days. So it's a big shift, I think, honestly, as far as the Super League goes, as far as um, the like where the league is and what we can expect of it. But anyway... We hold out, the game's over, nil to one. We get our second away victory of the season. And that underlines what I was just saying about how the Super League is no longer a cakewalk for us. Uh, but yeah, a huge three points, if we're gonna be 100% honest. When, when we ended this match for, a, a, for one shining moment, <laughs> we were in third place, um, of course. Things have changed since with other results coming in, but it was still very, you know, after a season of us floundering, just to see us back in third, couple victories in a row, no less. Um, I would hardly say that we're on like great form per se, but on the other hand, we're undefeated, right? Five matches in a row. That includes draws against Antalya Spor in the Super Cup and Rize Spor on the road, a side that you know, even Fatih Karagumruk, right, managed to be, defeat 2-0 just a week prior. So, you know, some hitches along the way and, and like a couple 1-0 victories that were eking out. So it's not like we're, you know, um, exciting to watch by any stretch. But I mean, I think you could honestly make the argument that we have been relatively dominant. doesn't mean anything when you're only scoring once because uh, even a side that's relatively dominant can um, give up a goal on the counter, right? But yeah. You know, progress for sure. Besiktas getting results. Moving on up in the table. Uh, and we'll talk about the table in a moment, actually. Uh, first, what we have to talk about are some statistics. Statisticos. Um, Besiktas had 54% of the ball to their 46. Not a surprise. Again, like especially like from the 65th or 60th minute on. Fatih Kara Gumruk were, were, were desperate to get that equalizer and were holding much more of the ball and um, putting more attempts on, on goal. It would show as well in shots. They had 12 to our 11. Um, although, five on target to our three. We both had six off target. So, you know, hardly more efficient, although a little bit more. We, had, we actually created more chances though, nine to their seven. And we had three big chances there's zero so you know credit to our uh, defense midfield really kind of cutting opportunities out for them as, as best as they could despite them being quite desperate to get a result here accurate passes we had 402 to their 327 getting close we completed them an 81% rate to their 79% rate now that's not ideal they, they were playing their game um, they conceded 10 fouls we conceded 13 we had four corners to the three. They were offsides five times to our four. 
all of this suggesting. It was actually pretty back and forth, although, you know, I mean, especially those first, like, I don't know, 35 minutes, we were just so dominant. It's hard to, to really recall that this was actually an even match, but, I mean, the second half was really back and forth. I think we can grant them that. Now, individual stats. Uh, and my man of the match. I think you could give it to a number of players here. You could give it to the goal scorer, Batshuayi, although it was a penalty kick. And I mean, although he had a number of ch shots on goal and, and showed willingness to, to go forward and, and score, still a little bit profligate, right? A little bit uh, sloppy. Um, the defense was really solid. Najib, I will have to say, I mean... He made like two or three like saving diving tackles, uh, really solid on the back. It's funny how much better he is as a central defender than he ever was as a mid as a midfielder of any sort. Um, especially, I guess, right? He, he was considered a defensive midfielder for the longest time. I think perhaps it was a positional mistake. Uh, as a right back, I mean, in a pinch, right? There's there are worse, but. Yeah, he, do, he belongs on the back line for sure, and it looks like he might need to be a central defender as a, you know, for the most part. Certainly, uh, maybe a backup, right? But, you know, given where we are now, given Vida underperforming regularly, given the fact that you need Turks out there again, we're starting to ramp up foreigner things again, which will hurt the league in the way that I was just talking about it having benefited in the last decade or so. Um... Yeah, Nedjip could be valuable as a central defender. At least, again, off the bench. Ideally. <laughs> uh, now, as far as my real sort of man-of-the-match contributors, I, I think you could argue for Valentin Ozier, who is hyperactive all over the pitch again uh, after... You know, I gave him man-of-the-match last week. Um, and, I, you know, he really followed it up with another fantastic performance. He's really rounding into great form just at the right time. Uh, but yeah, he was great defensively coming back, making good tackles, um, going forward, supporting the wing again with, with Rashid Gazal, who couldn't really take advantage of it as much as we might like. He's a, he's a little cold now still. Uh, Rashid Gazal, I mean. But So yeah, Rosier, solid outing. But perhaps the best performer of this match is Ericsson Destinolan. I mentioned, you know, he didn't, like, he wasn't tested a ton, but there were five shots on target. He saved them all. Um, and a number of chances that didn't count because they were offsides, but he, he stepped up. In fact, again, their best one, which was um, a really tough shot from Emre Moore that he got down and saved well. And then not just saved well, but like punched out so, out of anyone's way so that it wouldn't turn into an, another opportunity for them, which has been something of a weakness of his. You know, it, it suggests he's focusing on improvement, trying to do better, you know, do the right things where in the past maybe he hasn't. So that's the best thing you can hope for from a young player, I'd say. But so, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and give it to him. I, I don't want to do Rosier twice in a row, but yeah, Arison Destinolo is my man of the match. Three diving saves, five saves in total, four saves from inside the box. A couple of dinklers, though, but whatever. Um, nine throws, whatever that means. He had 11 recoveries, um, 44 touches, so, you know, the defense was relying on him a little bit to reassemble at times. Um, I'll just quickly talk about Rosia's stats as well. He played all 90 minutes, 
41 accurate passes at an 89%, right? He created a chance. Uh, no, no shots on goal this week. 41 accurate passes out of 46. Solid. Again, 89%. Uh, 72 touches. So, again, very, very involved. Last week, he, like, broke records, I think, in that regard. But, um, yeah, still really involved. And that chance created was a key pass, too. So, it was a really well-created chance, um, which perhaps more could have been done with. But, whatever it is, what it is. He was only 4 of 8 in duels. But, you know, that didn't result in any goals scored. So, it couldn't have been so bad. Nine recoveries, so yeah, I mean, good numbers from Rosier, but yeah, I'm going with Ersin Destinola because I think without him stepping up like two or three times, we could easily have given up two points, if not the match entirely. So it's good, especially after a couple of bad performances after the break, quote unquote. We never really got one, but after you know the holiday season, yeah, he stepped up and and, and turned the corner, and you love to see that. Again, especially from a young kid, because I think it's easy to be shattered mentally after a few bad performances as a young kid, especially as a keeper. So, yeah, he's pulled it back together, as you'd hope, um, as good players do, right? That kind of already signals that much, even. Uh, perhaps that's a little preemptive. Um, anyway, let's quickly talk about our next match. Uh, oh, no, wait, sorry, first. Standings. Let's round up this last match day, shall we? Um, still, of course, uh, Konyaspor and Basakshi here have a game in hand. Uh, the Konyaspor match was postponed uh, because, of course, of the, the passing of Ahmed Chalik. Rest in peace. Um, so, yeah, game in hand there. Konyaspor, however, if they were to win that, would have 45 points. Six points back on Trabzon's score. Don't tell anyone. Trabzon might be choking. Abdullahi, what are you doing, bro? Um, so yeah, 51 points for Trabzon. Konya has 42 at the moment with that game in hand. However, I'm um, in third place. Benin with 36 points. Worth noting that they beat Altai two to one at home. Uh, in fourth place, Alanyaspor with 35 points, level with us and Hatay Sport, but ahead of us on goal differential. So they get to claim fourth. Although in theory, Besiktas is we're back, baby. Right? We were in ninth not long ago, then seventh, and now fifth is where we are, right behind Alanyaspor with 34 points. Hatay also has 35, sorry, 35 points. Um, so Alanya, Besiktas, and Hatay all 35 points. Hatay got thrashed, six to nil by Alanya's for today. So that's why their goal differential is hurting and Alanya's is thriving. Otherwise, we'd be in fourth place. Interestingly, where they just got a plus six boost and Hatai just got a minus six. Um, but so yeah, if they had just won like one to nothing, we would be in fourth. But whatever, I'm not too worried about Alanya or Hatai at the moment, especially Hatai, right? They just and, and by the way, conspiracy theorists out there who wanted to say that Hatai, you know, sold us that 7 to nothing match. So well, did they sell this one to Alanya also? <laughs> I, I don't know. So it seems like they have that in them, right? The capacity to just bottle it every here and there. Perhaps they're lacking in depth. I mean, they did just get promoted not long ago. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, so, 
that's the sort of important part of the stats right there, right? Besiktas is one point behind Fenerbahce, who are in third place. We are seven points behind Konyaspor, but potentially ten if uh, if they win that match against Basakshir. If not, if Basakshir, if they draw that match, Basakshir enters that group of teams with 35 points. And with a plus nine goal differential, we would actually drop into sixth place. Um, of course, if Basakshir won, they'd have 37 points and they'd pass Fener and go up into third, dropping us still into sixth. So basically the worst case scenario is we're a sixth place team, but like level with just about all the other sides who have <laughs> almost around 35 points. Um, potentially with three other sides if Hatai were to draw or we're just still here in fifth place uh, should Bashakshi here lose that match to Konya it has been rescheduled I don't, don't recall the date doesn't really matter we are not a Bashakshi here or Konya Sport Podcast we don't care about them let's talk a little bit finally about Yeni Malatya Sport who we are playing next at home Yeni Malatya. Sorry, actually, it's on the road. How is it? It's like two road games in a row? That's crummy. Um, but anyway, Yeni Malatya is a side that is in last place. Uh, they have a match in hand still as well because their last match was canceled due to snow. Uh, they were scheduled to play Gaziantep in Gaziantep and it snowed pretty hard. Uh, so, our next match is in Malatya, however, it's against last place Yeni Malatya. Um, they're at the bottom of the table with 15 points. They could theoret- theoretically have 18 if they were to beat Gaziantep in that reschedule eventually. But then they'd be level with Altai on 18 points. Above them, Rize with 21, 3 points ahead. Uh, and above Rize, Antalya with 23. I hope Antalya doesn't get relegated. Nice town. Um, above them, though, is Guztepe. I certainly don't want them to get relegated because that's. You want that Izmir Derby. I mean, Altai doesn't look like they're going to survive. Whatever. Um, but so, yeah, you've got Guztepe with 24 and Kasim Pasha with 24 as well. Right above the relegation zone. Remember, Antalya has 23. Then Girasun with 26 and Galatasaray in 13th place with 27 points. And it's worth noting. They lost three to one, or one to three, in fact. They were the home side uh, against Kasim Pasha, who I mentioned is right in that relegation scrum. Now just three points behind Galatasaray. So Galatasaray is three points out of the spot, like right above relegation. Uh, just four spots above relegation, although only separated by four points. From Antalya. So Galatasaray is at this point much closer to the relegation zone than they are to European spots. They are 10 points clear of fourth place and seven points clear. Sorry, four points clear of the relegation zone. So the bottom four versus the top four there, right? Four points closer, four points away from the bottom, 10 points away from the top four. Not looking good for Galatas today. But for Besiktas, we are moving on up. Moving on up, moving on up. Moving on up in the Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Woo! Fifth place. 
Um, and let's hope for continued success, right? We're getting me singing. This is quite the episode. Uh, anyway, I, I, I'm either going crazy or um, this podcast is getting better, depending on your takes. Uh, but so yeah, Yeni Malachia, Saturday, January 22nd. Um, January 22nd is just a couple days away. Once again, I'm making an episode that only has a very small window of relevancy, but okay, we'll deal with that. Uh, interestingly, this match is on at 5.30 a.m. here in New York City, eastern coast of the United States. Check your local listings. Kind of an odd time to be having a match played. Um, it's a reschedule. We were supposed to play on Friday. Uh, I got pushed back because of weather concerns, snow. There's, I've heard rumors that perhaps this will be canceled as well because of snow. Uh, in Malatya, so we shall see. Um, again, Malatya, last place side, not a whole lot to fear. And I didn't do any like thorough preview of them. Again, their last match was rescheduled. Their previous five matches, no, no wins, one draw, four losses. They drew Kayseri at home, lost to Fener on the road, uh, lost to Bandirmaspor in the Turkish Cup at home, Lost to Trabzon on the road, 1-0. Lost to Gustepe at home, 1-2. They haven't won since December 2nd of last year. They beat Akisar in the cup. They haven't won in the league since beating Altai on October 22nd. They did draw Galatasaray on uh, November 28th, although I guess that's kind of a relegation scrum of sorts, isn't it? <laughs> I'm just joking. Any Galatasaray fans out there, um, I hope you don't take that personally. Just just fooling around. Um, players to, to note for um, Yanni Malatya. They've got Okechukwu Azubuike, 24-year-old Nigerian. Technically in on loan, whatever. Uh, they've got Sadiq Chiftpinar, a player who's been a you know, bigger side. They've also got Semi Kaya. Speaking of a player on who's been on bigger side, the Kimi's only 30. Another guy who should theoretically be, be better, right? Um, Karim Hafez, 25-year-old Algerian, uh, Egyptian left back, has shown ability at times. Uh, Nuha Diko, 29-year-old Malian, has uh, he's a very speedy dude. He's caused us trouble in the past. Kenan Uzer is. 34-year-old dude who many will recognize, even if he's not particularly good. <laughs> oh yeah, so lots of interesting names. Um, but yeah, stay tuned for more. We will be back, of course, uh, this coming weekend to talk about how that match goes. Until then, follow us right on Twitter at Eagles underscore podcast on uh, Instagram, Black Eagles Podcast, one word. Follow myself, Sina, at Sir underscore writes underscore a lot. Um, yeah stay tuned folks we will be back of course um i should venture let's go Besiktas! peace out everyone Woo! got this back into the european spots let's do this Woo!
Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.